that, to... that name's sticking, is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of. I must admit, I'm kind of, I don't know. <laughs> what could pull them up? Episode 15? It's the fifteenth in the series of an indeterminate number of shows. Yeah, hopefully quite a few. Many, you know. many to come. Many, um, fifteen of many. My name is Tips. Yeah, my name is Ollie. And together, our powers combined are the Podum Up team. The Podum Up Posse. The Podum Up Posse. <laughs> <laughs> As we're known on the street. Yes. You know. Yes. I'm sure they use, still use the word posse on the street. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really go to the street. I haven't been on the, the street. I, I haven't left the flat in about five years. So <laughs> okay, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't even know if there is a street. No, I assume there's a street. There's a street somewhere. Yeah. How's things? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, yeah, what I've been playing? Not much really. I've been playing Super Mario Maker two mostly. Oh, I've been this playing month. that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's quite it's quite time consuming making all these levels. I find I haven't been. I've been doing more of the playing of the levels. Have you? Okay. Uh, than the I, making of the levels, and I've got some mixed feelings about it. How 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 has your time been with it? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing. I have played a few levels here and there. I've mostly been doing the making side. I've, well, I say all you know all these levels. I've made only two of them so far, but I've spent quite a lot of time making them because these kind of ideas just kind of escalate, don't they? Really? Yeah. So um, I started off with, uh, when I saw it in the trailer, I, I had to use that Cooper car. The Cooper thing. car. I thought, yeah, that's got to be in a level somewhere, you know. So I um, put together a level like that with some sort of like quick reaction kind of times. If you haven't seen it, basically it's a Cooper in a car that you can jump in and commandeer, you know, to use around and zip around and stuff. Doesn't ha- so, it, it doesn't handle tremendously, though, is it? You've got a sort of... You can turn it from one direction to another, and it can only take three hits. So you you've yeah. got to plan your levels around. You know that's you, that's you sort right. of integrate that into the challenge of it, don't you? Yes, I think so. That was part of the thing. Like it, it takes three hits, and it kind of then you kind of goes away. So you've got to kind as you say, you do have to plan your levels around that, and you kind of have to account for every kind of possibility that might happen. So if you if there's a way of losing the Cooper car and you need it, then you're kind of stuffed, and you have to kind of prevent that from happening. So quite a few times, I would have an idea. And I would stumble on, you know, some way of breaking the idea completely. And I thought, oh, God, back to the drawing board there. Mm. Yeah. But I had fun with it. It was good. I got there in the end. Uh, I was kind of sick of the level by the time I finished it. So <laughs> I just wanted to get it out there. Um, the second one was, um, I think you, you've played both of these. I you? have, yeah. Have I, you, haven't, yeah. Co- I haven't completed the second one. Okay. Yeah. It's um, it, it's kind of, uh, it was just sort of inspired by kind of a Metroidvania kind of or Zelda dungeon kind of layout, basically. It's set in a boo house and it's... Um, uh, you've got several different rooms with challenges and stuff in them, and there's five of those pink coins hidden around the level. And there's a locked door right at the start, at the least of the end. But you've got to get all the pink coins and go in these various different, <clears throat> various different rooms. Um, sort of any change you make in one room might change things in another room. Going to go back and forth a little bit. Um, there's no enemies. I just wanted to be purely sort of. Um, kind of a puzzle-based thing. But I wanted, like, an unlimited time map, but you yeah. can't have one. It has to be, 
I think the the maximum is like seven minutes, which I think you ran out of time on it. I you? did, yeah. I got stuck yeah. in a, a pipe maze. So you've, you've yeah, got these sort yeah. of pipes and they lead to different rooms. It's like four pipes entering a little square room and you you go through one, it'll lead you to another bit. And I just kind of got lost going around in those pipes <laughs> and then the timer ran out and that was it. Do you know what? I wanted to make that pipe maze even longer than it was. <laughs> but I ran it. This is the thing that you don't realise until you start really playing around with these levels. There are object limits yeah. to certain objects, including the pipes and the doors. I wanted to have like loads of doors everywhere, but you're limited to like five pairs of doors, mm. um, which I found really frustrating because I had like a whole idea planned out. And you start doing this idea and you can spend quite a long time building it up. And then you suddenly realise, ah, I've run out of this object for some arbitrary reason. I don't know why these limits are in there. But then you have to kind of restructure everything. You've got to rethink. And it's really frustrating at first. But then you kind of you kind of take a few steps back and you think, okay, maybe I could do this instead. And it kind of forces you, you know, to, to work around it and, you know, use your ingenuity a bit, I think. I was going to say, still, maybe it got... it's there to, to try and force people not to just throw everything in there and, yeah. you know, sort of really focus their, their ideas a bit. I do wonder that, yeah. I mean, but I wasn't trying to make something, like, really stupid. I was trying to make something quite clever, but the, the object limit was still kind of there. So it's kind of, it kind of was kind of a bit annoying. But, yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Um, so that was frustrating. But, yeah, on the whole, I really enjoyed it. I love it when you kind of get get into an idea and it suddenly clicks with you and you kind of think, oh, what if I did this, this, and this? And you, or you discover, like, how two different objects interact with each other. Yeah. Like, crazy different things that you can do. Um, so yeah, it was really fun, really good fun, actually kind of making them, you know, putting the things together, you know, because I love all that really. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And I've played a few other people's, you know, there's quite a lot of rubbish on there. I was going to say that this is trouble I've had. There's a lot of, of really hot garbage levels. Yeah. It's just mm. really frustrating. <clears throat> I've been playing the, the endless Mario, uh, the endless mode. If you play it on easy... Yeah. There's so many levels where people have just put a straight line to the flag and nothing, no enemies or one simple <laughs> jump. Why? Why 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 upload that? I don't understand. And on the opposite What is endless mode? I don't think I've I don't think I've actually tried endless mode. It's yet. literally just um it's like a, a high score thing. You've just got to see how many levels you can complete uh without losing all your lives. Um, oh I see. And okay. it will just pick a random. So you've got easy, normal, hard, and super expert, or something like that. It's like four difficulties mm. you can have, um, mm. and that that's basically it. it'll just pick a random level, and you just got to see how many you can do in sequence. You can skip a level if you find it too difficult or it's crap. Um, mm. But yeah, that that the aim of the game is just to see how far you can get, how many levels you can complete without getting a game over. Mm. Um. But it doesn't seem... To, I don't know how it works out, how it determines which levels are quote-unquote easy and which ones are normal. That's what I was wondering, because yeah. I mean, does, is it, does it go by the percentage of pass rate? You know? Maybe. Maybe. But I've, I've played so many. I, I got so frustrated with it today. I was trying to do uh, the normal mode. And I think the highest I've got is like five. Compared mm. to um, easy mode, I've got like 130 or something. Um, right, like levels right. in a row without dying. Um, yeah. 
But the trouble is with the normal ones, I had so many levels where it'll drop you in and it's just a room full of enemies. No <laughs> coherent design. It's just like, you know, a flying Bowser, uh, a million Goombas, uh, just everything just yeah. chucked in a room. And that's it. And it's like, that's not that's not a level. That's not a design. No, There's, I, there's I, no see, effort I, I... been put into that whatsoever. Yeah, I hate things like that. I, you know, I... I like to just play around with like the clever ideas and yeah. like, you know find levels that I've done things that you know you haven't seen before. Just bunging a load of enemies and a load of stuff in there is just so frustrating. Yeah, and even like I know I know there's some really clever ideas out there. There's some really mm. fantastic levels that I that yeah. I have come across. I don't want to give the impression that it's all all rubbish. I think it's just when it picks things randomly um, and mm. there's no quality control there, you can just end up on a bad run of just getting level after level of, of tripe. But I do like... It's so refreshing when you just get a normal level that someone's designed. Like, no no gimmicks, just a straight-up Mario level that, that you would find mm. in a Mario game. I really yeah. like that. And I just really yes. appreciate the ones where people have, have put in the effort uh, either to make it a really cool um twist on a level or just a straightforward mario level as long as the effort's been put in i like it hmm. yeah yeah i like those too yeah have you played much of the the regular sort of single player mode um i've campaign could, yeah yeah i've 100 percented it now i've, I've done have you? Oh, yeah okay. yeah i've done all the yeah. story ones all the side ones um yeah unless oh, i nice. unless i've missed some secret bits I, i've done all of it now so oh okay yeah i've just only just started sort of I played it very briefly at first, and I've come kind of come back to it and started. Only just started building up the castle kind of thing. But I think you get pieces, don't you, or get power ups in it, like the hammer. Yeah. Do you get that? Yeah. 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 So I've got an idea for a hammer level, so I'm trying to get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite um, cool. And a lot of the levels, I think the the intended purpose of the story mode is to sort of inspire you um, yeah. with things you can do because some there's some really cool ideas in there. That you think, oh right, I hadn't thought of doing things like that, and it is you know it's quite inspiring yes. in that regard. So yes, it is. I've encountered some of those already. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a really good package. Oh, it's a, yeah, I, it's a fantastic. Little had a lot package. of fun with it's it. Just, mm. Yeah, I mean the in, the interface I find really really use really user friendly. I think I'm it's surprised how well it works because obviously I mm. had Mario Maker on the Wii U, um, or I've yeah. still got Mario Maker on the Wii U, and obviously it was you know built from the ground up with the touchscreen in mind. Mm. And there's a I haven't got it, but there's a Mario Maker on the 3DS as well, and obviously you've got there the touchscreen on that. So I was a bit apprehensive how it would work in sort of docked mode with just a controller, but I think it works. It works really well. It's obviously a lot easier to use when you've got the switch out and you're doing the touchscreen, but um, yeah, it works really well with the the control pad yeah. as well, which I'm I'm quite impressed by. I think so. Yeah, sometimes I get the buttons muddled up and yeah. press the wrong thing, but I mean, it's very difficult to get around that anyway. I think that's just a that's just a thing that yeah. just learning the interface really and getting into the groove with it. I think, um, yeah, I think it works really well in dock mode. I've heard some people complain about it, but I think it's, I think it's pretty good to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I could probably nitpick if I really put my yeah. mind to it, but I mean, my, my gut reaction is it's, you know, it's perfectly usable. I didn't have any, hmm. any frustrations with the, the interface side of things. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'd, I'd encounter problems where I'm trying to do, I don't know. It's not really an interface thing. This is more of a, the way it works but things not quite working the way i want them to but then it's kind of they've set set out to do a very difficult thing in providing a, a sort of a development tool for you know everyone to use and it's quite you know it's 
they've got to make sure it's functional. You know, they can't account for every idea that everyone has. So no. yeah, I mean, it's it's it works well. It works well. What do you think the chances are that, given it's arguable that the Sonic uh, Racing transformed games were uh, Sega's answer to Mario Kart, and yeah. Lost Sonic Lost Worlds was Sega's answer to Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to see a Sonic Maker? Maybe, maybe. Funnily enough, there is something I want to discuss about that, but I'm going to discuss it a bit later. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I'm going to come back to that. It's an interesting ah, point. Okay. Yeah. Let's put that on the back burner for now, then. Put that on the back burner. I'm going to come back to that fairly shortly. Um, but yeah, that's Mario Maker. Had fun with it. Um, not much else, really, other than our, our book club of the month pick. Mm-hmm. Those are really the only two things I've been playing this month. Although I did, um, well, um, if you remember from last episode, I was in the middle of getting my PC uh, re- rebuilt. Yes. Uh, I'm pleased to say that's working. Excellent. It worked. it worked first time, although when I turned it on, I got this like horrendous kind of grinding noise, and I was like, oh my God, what the, <laughs> what the hell is that? Have you left a cable just... touching one of the fans inside? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a common thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, thank God, it's just that. It's like the, the, the least problematic reason I couldn't but after that it was absolutely fine yeah it's like a dream really really happy with it much much faster than it was awesome I've got a solid state hard drive in there for the operating system so that's that's the way to go definitely yeah you know, really coming down in price now I know it's amazing now that's yeah you know I think I've got um 250 gig one because I just wanted them for the operating system yeah. I'll have everything else on the thing and that's that was like 25 quid I think really which is yeah wow. on amazon yeah 25 quid for 250 gigs and it, yeah wow it's that incredible. is good yeah it's, i mean yeah it was when i saw that i was just you know there's no way i'm not going to do that that's brilliant um so yeah enjoying that um also on the steam link front i was messing around with that i discovered i've got a um fairly recent samsung tv downstairs and i discovered that yeah, that actually has a steam link app on it oh cool so and that actually works a lot better than the, on the pi I think, uh, yeah, I, I was I was I was baffled by that, but, but I think it's because um, on the Pi, I don't know, but I think it's different on the Pi Four now. But on the Pi Three B, it's uh, the the Ethernet port is limited to USB Two Point I think. I think Somewhere yeah, around. it's a slower yeah, it's it's not a yeah. um, gigabit Ethernet port as it's uh, hundred no. megabit I think. So um, whereas obviously on the TV it is. Yeah. So I'm getting much much smoother uh, sort of. Uh, frame rate no audio drops much more playable much better latency it's um it's really good yeah that's yeah. brilliant so i've I, the only other playing i've been doing is sort of various sort of steam games just to test just it to out test and, it yeah but yeah really happy with that so i'm going to um going to keep playing on that that's brilliant yeah yeah, yeah. so um what else have you been playing then this month um obviously mario maker 2 as as we discussed uh, that's yeah. taken up a, a a significant chunk of of the time um yeah. There's a game that I don't really want to talk about just yet. Uh, are we doing Indescribables this week? Yeah, we are. We are? Cool. Um, yeah. I'm going to use this as my Indescribable one because okay. it's not an upcoming game. It's it's released. I don't know if that bends the rules a bit, but it is an indie game, and I do think it's deserving of people's attention. So okay. cool. um, yeah, I'll leave fine. that one for then. Mm. Um, I bought Starlink Battle for Atlas. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it didn't work, so I had to take it back. Oh, really? Why not? I couldn't get to work. Um, on what system? Uh, Switch. Oh, that's weird. What uh, was wrong with it? What, what happened? It wouldn't detect the R-Wing. 
They came, oh. It comes with the Arwing model. Uh, it detected yeah. Fox. He plugged in Fox, and he gave his little yeah. flashy intro. And then yeah. it said, connect, uh, link the, the spaceship. So I plugged in the, the R-Wing as instructed, and it just didn't yeah. do anything. If I wiggled it from side to side, it would pick it up with one of the wings, but the other wing wouldn't show up. And then the minute oh. I let go of it, it disconnected again. Um, oh, that's weird. Yeah, I took it apart just to see if there was any sort of loose connections or anything, but it all looked, mm. you know, the, the, the couple of slightly shoddy soldiering points, but nothing that should have caused any problems. But, mm. um, yeah, I couldn't get to work. So I took it back today, hoping for an exchange, um, but they didn't have any. So I just got my money back and I've ordered one online. So eventually it will yeah. come. So uh, but I, I couldn't, it, couldn't even get into the game. So I presume it's yeah. good. But, um. <laughs> it's fairly good, yeah. I've I've played it a little bit. I've been meaning to get back to it. I haven't got back to it yet. Mm. Um, and it's dirt cheap now. I saw it. That's why I bought like, it. It was ten quid. I saw quid. it for like a tenner the yeah. other day. Is that what you got it yeah. for? Yeah. Yeah, that's mental, isn't oh, it? It came out at like 60 quid, I think. Yeah. And very quickly just dropped. I'm guessing not many people bought it at the time. but I'm guessing not many people good. bought it. And maybe yeah. if my experience is anything to go by, maybe it's a little bit prone to faults but possibly i didn't I haven't know. had any problems with mine i must say um i mean i granted i haven't used it extensively but it's um it, it's worked i haven't really had any of those issues yeah um so hopefully just just had a bad one i guess yeah i'll say this for mm. it the r wing model is lovely it's lovely isn't it yeah it's on my shelf at the moment i was gonna really, I, really nice. there's there's people on ebay just selling stands just to put the the r wing on if you don't want to play the <laughs> yeah. game so um, i mean yeah i mean you can get it for the price that you would normally expect to pay an R for an R-ing model anyway. And yeah, get a whole game with it. So yeah, <laughs> it's a bargain. It really is, and I, d- yeah. I do like the idea of it. I got to say, it it does seem it's mm. the sort of thing I would have loved when I was a kid. You know, oh yeah, me too. Yeah, putting the, yeah. the the little weapons on there, swapping the wings out, and all that kind of stuff that would have been right up my street. So yeah, I'm um, going to find some time to play it properly and maybe get a couple of those weapon packs if they're going yeah. just as cheap. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, the, the, um. Argos, for our American listeners, is like a department store where you, you sort of go in and pay for things and they give them to you. I suppose that's mm. pretty much the same as any 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 store. Yeah. Um, they're, they're all, it's all behind the, uh, the counter. They though, keep it all, all behind lock back. and key, don't they? And you go in yeah, and give them a do. little code number and pay for it and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Point is, they were selling it really cheap. And the they sell in the pilot packs instead of £7. They're down to 99p now. Oh, blimey. Um, <laughs> And the other ships are down from like twenty six pounds down to like six ninety nine, so right. yeah, they, it looks like they're having a bit of a, a clearance on those. So everything must go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Jesus. Um. So yeah, yeah I I played a bit of that. Uh. Well, yeah. I played up to the to the character select screen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um. I bought another cheap one at Friday the thirteenth. The game. Uh, but I haven't played any of that yet, so I can't really report back on that. Okay. And other than that, it's been the uh, the game of the month. Okay. All right. So yeah, so, um, I think it's mostly yeah, been yeah. mostly been Mario Maker for both of us. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, it's Mario Maker of the month. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, okay. Any any other news bits that we should talk about before we get into those indescribables? Um. Yes, there was, but I can't remember what it was. Um. There's definitely been something going on. I've got one written down. Let's hear it. Um, Streets of Rage 4 music composers announced. Ah, uh, yeah. See that? Yes. Yeah. So, Yuzo Koshiro, yes. the original guy, is coming back. As is uh, Motohiro Kawashima, who also worked with him on Streets of Rage. Mm-hmm. Um, Yoko Shimomura, Street Fighter 2. Uh, Hideki Naganuma, 
Jet Set Radio, and Keiji Yamagishi, Ninja Gaiden. So those are some pretty big hitters in terms of game music. Absolutely. I mean, you've got some of the best, some of the best game soundtracks ever there. Really. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's going to be a hell of a soundtrack, I think. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a shame we haven't had. Other than that, we haven't had anything more recently of about Streets of Rage 4. We don't even know if it's releasing this year or anything, do we? No, we don't know anything about it, really. I mean, I'm kind of glad that they... I think sometimes games tend to be so... You know, they have so much video and stuff released of Mm. them beforehand that it kind of... You've seen it all. You know what to expect when you get the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. So I'm kind of glad that they're playing the cards close to their chest a bit with this one. And, Mm. you know, it's going to be... A lot of it's going to be a surprise when we we see it for the first time and hear the music and stuff. So, But a little bit more detail on when we can expect it would definitely be appreciated, I think. Yeah, I think so. I'm completely in agreement. I can't stand it when when they just show you everything about the game Mm. before you get to play it. And you know, if it's a game I really anticipate, I try and I try and just switch off like a few weeks before the release because they tend to just certain games, they'll tend to just drop everything. Yeah. You know, like every level, every everything. You know, not leave any real surprises. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad they like you. I'm glad that they're keeping their cards close to the chest at the moment. Hopefully, well, I'd like a little bit more, but um, yeah, a release date would be would be most useful. I think yeah. it would be the best thing I want to look for. Yeah. Um, there is some whole like gameplay footage around at the moment. I think it's been on a, a, a couple of shows, so you can see like a whole level being played. I believe. I haven't watched that. I've seen a couple of, no. of short gameplay segments, but I would pro- yeah. I've, I either haven't seen it or I consciously avoided it. So yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't um, sat and watched the full one. I've seen just bits of it. You know, I don't really want to sit and watch the whole thing. But yeah, it's out there. That's that's out there. But I think it's just the same sort of things that you've seen in the trailer anyway. I don't think there's any new environments or anything. No, well, new characters. It's really nice, though, from what I've seen. Like, it, look, it looks like it plays exactly like Streets of Rage 2, yeah. handling-wise. And, you know, it's got the same speed as opposed to Streets of Rage 3, which was, a bit, which was a bit quicker, I think. It was slightly quicker, yeah. Yeah, so that's really good. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that one still. Um, I can't remember if we discussed this on the last show. I don't think we did. I think this has happened since then. Uh, but Nintendo's announcement of the Switch Mini, mm. is it called the Switch Mini? Yes, yes, um, that's right. Yeah, finally, a portable Switch. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, you know? Jesus Christ. <laughs> what took you so long, Nintendo? <laughs> you know, it's what the world wanted. It is, yeah. It seems a bit weird, that, doesn't it? It does. I don't, I mean, are you going to get one? Probably not. No. I'm. Well, I'm certainly not going to get um, one. Um play portable games but yeah it's uh it seems a bit odd doesn't it um they've also they're also coming out with another switch that's just got the battery life extended did you hear that no i didn't like the same model of the switch not even different packaging not even announced as a new name it's just a revision of it but it's got double the battery life or something and there's no there will no be there will not be any easy way to tell the original switch and this switch apart i don't think so it's just a revision of it Wow. Yeah, so... That's something, I suppose. something, yeah. (laughs) I don't know, maybe... I I think I may be just the wrong audience for it, because I thought the same thing when they announced the the 2DS, and I I thought it was ludicrous. I thought it it looked like a joke, and (laughs) I thought... Yes, I did too. You know, it's... You're taking away the one unique selling point of your your console, Mm. and... I don't get it, but it sold like hotcakes. So what, I think what do I it know? was because there was lots of talk that the 3D effect was damaging kids' eyes. 
Yeah. I think they came out with it as a way of saying, I remember the, it being advertised saying, oh, no, no, sorry. I remember the, the original 3DS being advertised that, oh, look, you could turn the 3D off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as if to say to parents, you don't, they don't have to play in 3D. Yeah. You know, keep that switch off. So I think the 2DS was uh, was 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 to keep the momentum going with kids to say to parents, look, this thing isn't going to damage their eyes any more than anything else is because yeah. it doesn't have a 3D mode. So I think, yeah, I was totally with you on, on that originally because I thought this is just stupid. But I think that was their reason. It was mainly the child market that they were going for. I mean, it, li- the parent it literally looked like a doorstop. It's, it did. It's it looked very weird. So it looks a bit like the old kind of Tiger handheld Yeah, games. it does. It does. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, people people loved it. People loved it up. So, but I mean, yeah. I mean, like the key point of the switch. I mean, in its name is the fact that it switches between a handheld and a, a yeah, you know, a, a a home console, and you know, exactly, it's yeah. got no detachable controllers, and it's just to I don't not know. even have like a port coming out of it where you could just plug the HDMI cable in. Just seems weird, doesn't it? It is. It's a really weird thing i i don't get it i don't get it i i yeah i don't get it <laughs> yeah i'm i'm struggling to see what but it's a bit smaller isn't it and it's, it's got, a bit smaller but i mean the, the joy cons are built into it so there's no you can't there are no joy cons basically it's it's a whole handheld system that means you can't you play know. one two switch oh man <laughs> you know i don't know what i'm gonna do without being able to play one two switch it's just unbelievable it's like yeah hmm I mean, they haven't really done outside of one two switch. They haven't really done much with those Joy Cons. Oh, well, there was um, although the Labo. Labo, yeah. Lot, but I mean, Labo, you're not really going to play portably. I suppose that's going to be a very at home thing. You're not, you're not going to be walking no, around town yes. wearing that robot suit, are you? <laughs> Hopefully not. No. <laughs> no, I mean that's very much um, you know works with the cardboard as it's supposed to. You know, yeah. You can't, you can't customize that really, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, they haven't they haven't really used those joy the technology behind those joy cons in in many just general games really have they I don't think I don't think they have thinking about it no, no. Um, and the whole three D rumble thing I think has been completely underutilized um, yeah. I can't think of any games that besides one two switch that really sort of showcase that that mm, feature it happens so. sometimes doesn't it when when yeah. a company makes a feature as part of their controllers or their hardware that no one really uses yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was a, a just an odd, an odd bit of news. Um, I know it's been predicted for a while, but I I kind of thought that was just just rumor and nothing would come of it. But there we go. Mm. Someone said the only good thing about it is that it has an actual D pad rather than buttons. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. It's not. I don't think anyone's going to rush out to buy it just for I'm that. Really, say, I don't I know. Think... If, I don't know if that's worth two hundred pounds of anyone's money. But no. Yeah. But people who collect. For the Switch, and I think there are a few. You oh see yeah, on Twitter sometimes there's a thriving like sort of collector scene on the Switch. Switch thing there is ever with these unlimited pockets of money that they've got, and I'm sure they'll rush out and buy it. Yeah, and all the colours as well, you know. But that's that, the thing, that's you, I suppose. Great, but you know, because there, there isn't much room on the, on the Switch proper to do like limited editions. Most of the the limited editions have been restricted to like a decal on the actual Switch dock. Um, I suppose if you've got the Switch Mini and it's all in one case, you've got all that real estate on the back of it to do proper designs and stuff. So 
maybe it's you know there's going to be a lot more sort of limited collector's editions and and fancy designs for the the mini that they yeah. can't do on the normal switch but yeah. again whether that's something that that you know it motivates you to open your wallet is is a personal thing i suppose but mm. there we go yeah okay cool. cool okay uh should we move on to indescribables yeah let's do it yeah that do name that, to... that name's sticking is it <laughs> well <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sort of. I must admit, I'm kind of, I don't know. <laughs> but I tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Right. I like the, the the play on words. I, yeah. I do like it. Yeah. But I I, I find the indescribables indescribables a little bit. It's cumbersome to say. It's cumbersome, and also, I'm not sure it gets across what we're trying. I mean, it might do in this case because you're talking about a game that's already out. But that's true. I don't know. The, the idea behind it is sort of incoming indie games. Hmm. You know? So, I mean, I, was, I kind of thought incoming indies, maybe. In- incoming indies. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. It's kind well, of up in the air. Yeah. Let's crack on for now, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. <laughs> incoming indies. Yeah. All right. Incoming indies, indescribables, you know. We'll, we'll sort it out. We'll, we'll come up with a, yeah. we'll, a, a solid name. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I do like indescribables. Don't get me wrong. It's don't a nice, patronize me. <laughs> no, it's a nice. It's a nice name. It's a nice. It's a good name. It's just I don't know if it fully. De- it's. It's not. Ironically, I don't think it fully describes what we're trying to do. No, it but, doesn't. Yeah. No, no. I suppose not. That was my only thing with it. You know. Yeah. But. No, I mean it's fine. Twist a knife. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> come on, I say about your bloody game. All right, all right. <laughs> no, I know. It's fine. It's all right, good. my bloody game this month is. Um, this is what I was alluding to earlier. I, I, okay, I was going to say. I, I hope we're not going to have a, a drill dose of situation where you pick the same one as I'm going to pick. No, I don't think so. Cool. You were saying, is you know, is it likely to have a Mario Maker, a Sonic version of Mario Maker? Mm-hmm. There's a guy making it happen. Oh. Have you seen this? This is called Sonic Studio, and it's a fan-made production. So. Still, kind of an indie game, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. It's not. It's you know, it's it's um, it's a fan. It's a fan game, but it's uh, originally made Sonic Engine, a development system similar to to Mario. So it's got a complete level editor in it. You can jump in and start playing at any point, much like Mario Maker Two. It's got uh, completely original graphics in it. It's got like a Sonic Mania kind of style to it. Completely original Sonic sprite. Very nice looking system. I've I've been it's something I've been following for a little while now actually it's been in development for a few years. Um, it used to be called Sonic Maker I think, but I think he perhaps changed it to yeah, that's probably a good idea to change from that. Mario Maker. But it looks really really cool. I'd I'd recommend anyone checking it out. It looks very very sort of professional. You know the interface looks really really nice. Lots of nice really nice graphics. You can it's um the the, the terrain is a lot more customizable than Mario Maker. You can kind of draw it out. However you want, it looks that the, the tools that you use remind me of sort of um, if anyone uses Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator, a bit like how you draw paths, like, like in that sort of tool, and then it just kind of makes the terrain for you, much like Mario Maker does. Yeah, I'm just looking at some screenshots now. It looks amazing. It's yeah, very, it, it is very Mario Maker the interface, isn't it? It's yeah, very, I think very it's, similar. It's clearly been just, um, it's come about, you know, I think since Mario Maker One was mm. out, but. Yeah, it's clearly inspired by that, but and easy to use. I think it's going to have its own, much like Mario Maker. I think it's going to have its own sort of system where you can submit your own levels to it, so you can upload them. The only thing I th- think, because 
it doesn't i think you're limited to what it has so you can't upload your own sprites or your own sort of custom objects and things mm. and i th- i can kind of see why the the guy who's made this has done that because it kind of it prevents too much crap getting into the yeah to the system basically so yeah. it, it'll all if you keep you know stick with the you know the the, the graphics are on offer it's, it'll all look nice at least i think he's gonna have a range of levels from you know classic zones you know green hill is there aquatic ruin is there from sonic 2 all sorts of others that i've seen as well so yeah it looks really really nice yeah it looks fantastic mm. i mean the obvious question is copyright yeah I mean, Sega tend to be a lot more permissive about fan games and fan works than, uh, say, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, but this does look like a really sort of professional kit. Do you think it's gonna? Do you reckon it will survive a cease and desist? Or this is the question I wanted to bring up. Yeah, um, Sega, to my knowledge, have only taken down one fan game, and that was the Streets of Rage Streets remake, of Rage some, remake. Some time ago, to my knowledge, they have never taken down a Sonic fan game before. Um, and there's been hundreds and hundreds of them. But this may be the thing that crosses the line because mm. technically you can use it to make, you know, your own Sonic levels. You know, you could make, you could recreate, you know, the whole, you know, Green Hill, you know, or the whole Mega Drive catalogue of Sonic games technically with this, possibly, mm. depending on the limitations of the engine. But I'd imagine you could come up with something pretty close. So, you know, is that going to be a problem for Sega? Is it going to interfere if they're planning on making more Sonic Manias? Hopefully they are. Does an engine like this interfere with that? I don't know. Would it? I mean, it's a dream scenario, but would it be? Do you reckon they would be likely to pick it up and publish it in in terms oh, in, like, yeah, in like a Sonic Mania kind of way? It could be. Could be. I mean, I mean, it looks really professional. It looks. It's not. Yeah. It's not a run of the mill fan project by the look of it. It's no. really quite, really quite yeah. slick. Yes, definitely. I'd urge anyone to check it out. If they're thinking, oh, no, it's a fan-made thing, it's going to look rubbish. No, this looks like a proper mm. professional-made thing. really does. You know, uh, they've, he's put a lot of hard work into this. All the little animated touches that you get in the interface, really, really nice. And the sprites, um, if they're all original sprites, the Sonic sprite's amazing. Yeah, that's an original Sonic sprite. It's really that's, good. Yeah, it's really, really nice. It doesn't look like the other Sonic sprites. It looks, you know, unique. Yeah. Um, all the levels have been redone, much like Sonic Mania has done. But you know, if you look at Green Hill Zone, it doesn't look exactly the same. It looks really kind of no, it looks really you know, a bit higher def, you know. Yeah, yeah, a bit modernised, but still recognisable. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I, to answer your question, you know, could they take him on, much like they did with Christian Whitehead and Sonic Mania? I, possibly, but if they have, I suspect it hasn't happened yet because he's, he's been still, posting about this really yeah. recently. So and he wouldn't be doing that if they. If they struck a deal with them or something, so you never know. I think it's made in Game Maker. Oh, cool! Um, yeah. So you know, it's it, it's going to be PC. Um, I don't know any other platforms. Um, well, I mean, if it's Game yeah, Maker, I, it should be portable to to pretty much anything, shouldn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's pretty. It's fairly um, exportable now, yeah. Game Maker, isn't it? Um, yeah, but the, the only thing I would say is it's uh, his limitations on not being able to upload your own graphics and stuff. Is it's a shame because he's made this amazing engine here. I've never seen anything like this outside of Christian Whitehead's own engine. Um, to you know, in terms of creating your own Sonic levels, nothing comes as close to this in terms of ease of use. So it's a shame. I, I hope that 
he does sort of release that engine separately so that if someone does want to make a proper fan game with it with their own custom levels and graphics that doesn't that can't be uploaded to his you know system then i'm hoping he'll he'll do that he hasn't said he will or not um but it would be nice if he if he did share this engine so that anyone could use it in whatever way they wanted to um that's the only thing I would I would I would say about that because it's a lovely engine. It'd be you know. I, I wonder if that's that's part of the thing though. I mean, if maybe that would cross the line and start getting Sega's attention. If you were able to just take this engine and then produce you know a game that would execute on its own and make a, a whole fan game outside of the the Sonic Studio. Maybe that would be enough for Sega to say, mm, hang on, I'm not really keen on this. Maybe the fact that it is just, it's clear that it's not something sanctioned by Sega. You couldn't pass it off as an official Sega game. They're clearly fan-made levels that can only be accessed within this studio. Maybe that's just mm. tipping the balance and, and keeping the keeping the lawyers at bay, maybe. I don't possibly. know. Possibly, Yeah, possibly. But then again, people have been able to, for using various engines been able to you know recreate whole sonic levels and things before yeah, that's true you know i mean it wouldn't be a new thing to do that it's just a, it's just an easy to use engine for people who maybe have a lot of graphical capabilities but no coding abilities yeah you know as someone i mean i've for years and years i've wanted to make my own sonic levels it's kind of been a sort of a dream at the back of my head to one day make and be able to sit down and i've got loads of ideas for them mm. You know, and so, so, so this kind of thing really grabbed my interest. But the limitations on not being able to do your own graphics or make your own objects and stuff. Well, I'm sure this is very customized. It's a very good engine, but you know, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a shame. Yeah. For if you're a sort of a budding fan maker, but uh, fan game maker, but you know, um, yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's. I think he's got no release date set set yet. It's obviously a work in progress. He seems to be quite far along with it. But, you know, who knows what his, his intentions are with it. But I think it's been around for a while. I think it's going to reach its release at some point, I would say, hopefully, um, as long as Sega are okay with it. Mm. But they have had an opportunity to step in by this point, so it will... Yeah, but they did they with will have, Streets they, they will of probably be aware as well, of it. didn't they? I mean, that, that wasn't... You know, that was around for years and years and years, and not, not in secret. I mean, that was out there, you know, well-known for years, and it's only Sega only put the, the banhammer on it on shortly after the final um version shipped so right mm, yes you know it's yeah like i say though sega okay. are usually pretty cool with fan games though aren't they, they are whole, they so. know they know that it, they really help them you know that they know I mean, it's come well known that that's how sonic mania exists yeah fan made things and you know well there's know, a, the sonic annual gaming expo i mean sega are well hmm. aware of that every, every year there's a bunch of fan games publicized and you know sega yeah. you know tacitly endorse it if not outright support it so hmm. you know. that's right so uh, fingers crossed that they'll be all right yeah if you want to look it up it's, it's called sonic studio uh, at sonic studio on twitter um, if you Google it, I found that there's a there's another piece of software I think audio based called Sonic Studio. That's what I found first down. of all. Yeah, yeah, I might have to skip down a few things, but it is there. Um, yeah, it looks so, awesome. Yeah, go and check it out. Really, really cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So what's um, what's your indescribable slash incoming indie? <laughs> <laughs> well, my um, my pick for the indie thing. Is uh, 1980X. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I did see you tweet about this. Yeah. I, I I didn't recognize the name, and then I looked it up, and then I thought, oh yeah, I have seen this before. Yeah, mm. but go on. It's a really cool idea. Um, it's describes itself as a, a coming of age story told through arcade games, um, mm. and that's that. Uh, that's basically what it is. It's a, a story about a kid. Um, it's ambiguous whether it's a boy or a girl. I think it's just referred to as the kid, although the voice actor sounds um, female. So I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's doesn't really matter. It affects the story. But um, you're this kid, and it's sort of a, a monologue or a narration about this kid and the, the how alienated they feel from people and just the usual sort of angsty growing up type things. Mm. Um, but they stumble across uh, an arcade um, down a back alley of the town where they live. Um, and it's all about the escapism they find uh, within the games and... Um, you know how these games reflect how they're feeling and and reflect kind of that whole growing up thing that people do mm. um most humans do it i think the, the whole growing up <laughs> yeah at some point thing yeah. um yeah. but yeah so the, the game is told uh, it reminds me there was a game like I'll, I'll get my thoughts a bit mumbled, but basically uh, the game is told through, I think it's five, I've, only, I've done five of them so far, I think, um, recreations of famous arcade games. So mm. the, the game starts with uh, an obvious homage to uh, Final Fight, it's like a side-scrolling beat-em-up section. Yeah. Um, there's a outrun um, section. Um, we're sort of uh, literally um, racing to the checkpoint in an outrun style car, outrun style backgrounds. Uh, there's a, a shinobi type stage. Uh, there's a R type space shooter type stage, and they're really, really loving recreations of those games, and it's done really, really well. Uh, mm -hmm. The outrun stage in particular, the graphics are done to really, really. Uh, emulate the old um, Sega System 16 arcade machine uh, that the Outrun original ran on. Um, and the way the scenery at the side of the road is sort of patterned and everything, it's its really, it's a pitch-perfect sort of homage to the classic arcade games. Yeah. Um, and it's got music from uh, Yuzo Koshiro in there as well. Oh, has it? Yes. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, a, cool. bu a bunch of other people as well. I'm not marginalising their their input, but uh, that's the name that sticks out to me for obvious reasons. Being oh, you know, blimey, big fans that's quite of a uh, Streets of Rage. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a thing. Isn't it? Um, yeah, uh, a few years ago there was a game that came out um, called Eat Lead: the The Return of Matt Hazard or the Legend of Matt Hazard. Um, right. And the idea behind that game was it was a Duke Nukem type character who um, was once famous and had been forgotten about. Mm. Um, and it was, um, he'd got the chance to star in a new game or something along those lines. And it was meant to be like a look back of his career as a game character. Uh, right. It's been a long, long time since I played it. But I remember reading about it. So I might get some details wrong here and there. I don't think anyone else played it. So it's not going to be. I don't game. think I've heard of it. No, no, I think most of the world is in that boat. Um, but I kind of expected that game to be what this is, where uh, there would right. be different levels themed on different games that he'd been in, and you know, like a, 
a throwback to different eras of gaming, and it turned out to be not that. It was it was just a, a bog standard third person shooter. Um, but this is exactly the kind of thing that I've I've wanted to see done in other games before, mm. um, and it really nails it. It's just really. It's just a really cool experience. I haven't finished it yet. Um, I've found the last game is like a, a 3D... I presume it's the last game. Uh, is a 3D maze RPG type game where you go around this maze and like jellyfish pop up and you've got to beat them. Yeah. Um, and I've got a bit stuck on that one. I've, I, I've, I, yeah, I got a bit stuck on that. So, But the rest of it is, is really cool. And like as you're playing, um, it's not just a case of sort of uh, narrative section, cutscene, then a game, then a cutscene, then a game. It all kind of overlaps. So you're on the racing game section. You'll come to a really long um, section of the a track and the background music and sound effects sort of fade out a bit and then the voiceover will come over and start narrating the next part of the story and it's all kind of oh, nice. while you're still okay. playing it and it's all kind of a really neat sort of narrative and a really good thing i all like right. it is what i'm yeah, saying it, um, it sounds really nice if I it's if I had to level a criticism, um, I'd say it's obviously quite a short experience, and it's maybe a little bit on the pricey side for what you get. It's I think it's thirteen ninety nine on the Play Store, um, PlayStation Store at the moment. Right. Um. I think maybe you. I think you could probably play through it in a couple of hours. Um. And I'm not one of those people who tries to work out the you know cost per hour of play or anything <laughs> like that. But no. If the story doesn't resonate with you, you might feel it's a bit expensive. If it, if like me, you play it and you know you you really get what they're going for and you enjoy it, it's, it's great. But I think it's one of those games where if it doesn't click with you, and you'll know very early on if it's going to click with you or not. And if it doesn't, then you know it's it's a it's a bit of a gamble for that kind of price. I think. But hmm. I give it my recommendation. I think it's well worth checking out. Okay. So does the story like? Do a bit of story, then you play a um, a bit of one arcade game, jump yeah. out, play another, and then go back to the yeah. previous arcade games, or do you play them all sequentially? You you play them all, so you play them all. You play them sequentially, basically. So, uh, you the beat 'em up stage is the first bit. That's the first bit of the story, and then mm. it's um, the story continues, goes back, and it's like a R type um, side scroller. Yeah. Uh, then it's the outrun game. Then it's a, a Legend of Shinobi type game, uh, which is really, really well done. It's really nice. Uh, the mm. graphics, the graphics across the board are superb, and they're really, but be- you, they're believable representations of what a game would be like at that time. Um, I yeah. know there's a lot of games yeah. that go for sort of a, a retro aesthetic. But you think, you know, games really they didn't really look like that at the time. No, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah. but I think this really nails it. You could you could believably be playing this on uh sort of a, a nineteen eighty nine arcade machine. It's really oh, yeah. the attention to detail is really fantastic. Yeah. It's quite it's actually quite difficult to do that. Yeah, think, it is. Isn't it? To to make to, to not make use of modern kind of hardware, especially as a as a game developer, I think you've got 
access to so much more technical capabilities that you could easily make something that those machines can't do anymore but to live sort of be convincingly limit yourself to those kind of you know color palettes and things like that yeah exactly you know, some, i kind of yeah. think of um shovel knight i remember everyone mm. at the time saying um oh shovel knight is it you know that would be just you could imagine that on an nes and mm. it's like it, i it's got the nes aesthetic but there's no way that would yeah that would ever run on <laughs> that hardware but no. you know this it, the levels conceivably could look like like they do on mm. era accurate machines mm. um i suppose it does have that thing i've noticed a lot recently and it's not sort of limited to games um but this sort of romanticize romanticization of the 80s yes um yeah. i've noticed it with stranger things and mm. all these other things you know the 80s you know I was was there for for a good portion of them. Yeah. And I don't remember it being all neon and vaporwave music. (laughs) It was mostly Banana Rama and Recession. As far as, as far as I can, <laughs> you remember recall. that because we're the same age, and I don't remember anything about the eighties, really. <laughs> oh, I remember Banana Rama. They, they got a new album out now, apparently. Have they? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Check that out. Um, okay, fair enough. But yeah, I think I think you know I don't. I certainly don't remember it being all smoky and neon and Blade Runner like. Um, yeah, the eighties is very in at the moment. Yeah, in it general, is. it's it's a very in decade. I'm waiting for the same thing to happen to the nineties because that's mu- I'm much more familiar with the nineties than I am yeah. the eighties. But, but uh, I dread to think what that's going to be yet. like. I mean, if if that was what the eighties are being represented like, I dread to think what mm. the nineties are going to be. You know how that they're going to be represented. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's 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 got it's a good it's a good story. It's got a lot of heart, and uh, if you are into retro games at all, and you've got any appreciation for um, sort of early era arcade machines, um, sort of sixteen bit arcade machines at least, hmm. um, you'll get a lot from it. Um, yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah, it looks really really nice. I might uh, think about picking it up at some point. Yeah. That's, um... Yeah, it's I coming did, to did Switch. It's coming to Switch soon, apparently. Um, I think it'd be a really good fit for the Switch. I hope they do yes. like a, a little physical version of it. Um, yeah. That'd be a really good, good little limited run type thing. But um, once yeah. you've un- sort of unlocked the games, can you play them? Yes. Whenever you want. Yeah, that's that's yeah. cool. That's essential. I would say that. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. So there we go. So, um, any other business before we move on to our game of the month? No, I don't think so. I think we should crack right on. Drill right into it. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a Bobby Dazzler. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. been playing none other than Drill Dozer yes. for the Game Boy Advance by Game Freak. Our second appearance of Game Freak this year. Yeah. Mm. Both, I like, uh, I like, both, I like bringing picks. attention to, to non-Pokemon Game Freak games. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, it's good. They don't really get much attention, do they? To they be don't. Fair. They don't get nearly enough attention. It's a shame. No, no. So this is um, 
this is for the Game Boy Advance, uh, late Game Boy Advance release in uh, September 2005 in Japan, uh, 2006, uh, February 2006 in the US. Never made it to these shores at the time. Uh, according to uh, a one of our Twitter people, uh, oh. Swag Bear is Swag. Yeah. Uh, he says it did get a release on the Wii U Virtual Console. Yes, it did. So yes. not a physical right. release, but um, no, it did no. did eventually get here. Um, That's right. It was released on on the Wii U everywhere in 2015 and 16. As if it didn't yeah. have a limited enough audience already, they decided to put yeah. it out on the Wii U. It's <laughs> the second dig at the Wii U in a, in a, I, I love the Wii U. Row, I, I'm exactly. one of the few people who love that. that oh, I love the Wii U. Absolutely, yeah. Great we love the Wii shit. U. It's just not enough people played it. No. And now their library is, is being slowly pillaged by the Switch, so it doesn't really have anything no, exclusive no. left for it anymore. No, by the end of this to... year, basically every exclusive will have been ported to the to the Switch, I, th- I think. Yeah, <laughs> almost, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's a oh. shame. Poor old Wii U. It was, it was a great console. Uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about this game. Um, so it's uh, it's quite a pricey one. Yes. Um, so there may be 30 it's hard to pin down a price but it may be 30 to 40 pounds for the cartridge for the cartridge uh, yeah plus if you're living in the UK like us you're going to have to add import charges mm, and duty and stuff on that so, right. so it's a difficult one to it, get yeah it's going to it's going to be quite pricey to get a hold of yeah I think 50 not anything north of 50 pounds for the box as well mm. um, but the well, I, I looked on eBay earlier for... there's only one listing yeah. for the game in the UK and it's just for the manual and that's 15 quid on its own <laughs> So, okay, <laughs> the manual. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. I love it when they try and sell the manual. <laughs> okay, you can get the manual. You're part way, part of the way there. Yeah. Just build it up gradually. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this game is noticeable, notable as being one of only two cartridges that have that rumble feature mm-hmm. built into it. So the Game Boy Advance doesn't have a rumble feature. The cartridge brings that with it. Uh, the only other one to do so is uh, WarioWare Twisted. Apparently. Yes. Also had it. Um, this is a 2D platformer um, in which you control a girl called Jill in a small mech, uh, which has a drill attached to it. Um, and yeah, this is the the main gimmick of the of the game, really, and where the rumble feature comes in. Um, so whenever you fire up that drill, it starts rumbling. It does. Mm. Did you uh, you? Uh, I think you emulated this, didn't you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Did you find it rumbled? That your pad? Did you use a pad? Yes. 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 I used yeah. the three sixty pad. Yeah, it rumbled. Y- yes, I did too. Yes, and that works with in RetroArch. Yes. It didn't on the on my eight bit dough um, snares controller. Interestingly, for some oh, reason. Oh, okay. But I don't know why. I think it has a rumble. I'm pretty sure it does. But yeah, the three sixty pad worked. I was gonna say um, I played it with and without rumble just to see what mm. difference it made. Mm. Um, and I found it did make a difference. I, I yes. think I think it felt a, a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Visceral, I suppose. A yeah, little bit more I mean, impactful. I think being on a handheld as well might make a difference mm. too, because it's, it's all sort of right there, and the, the whole the, the screen is probably shaking while you're doing it. Yeah. So I'd imagine that would make quite an, uh, be part of the, the impact on it as well. I would I would imagine. Um, but yeah, it did. Uh, but like all rumble things, you kind of get used to it after a while. And yeah, you, kind you of do. don't even notice it eventually, but. Yeah, it's um, it's a cool feature. It really definitely. is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Um, so yeah, you play as Jill, uh, daughter of Doug, who is uh, leader of the Red Dozers, a gang, a gang of bandits who are attacked by a rival gang called the Skulkers, who appear to have the police in their pockets. 
the antagonists steal from them a uh, I'm just reading out what I wrote on our blog post by the way <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the antagonists steal from them a powerful red diamond the red a gift diamond. from Jill's deceased mother um, and this prompts Jill to hop into a drill drilling mech called the Drill Dozer hence the name uh, and lead the Red Dozers on a mission to reclaim the jewel on her parents' behalf so yeah so after that this that's this sort of Chaos Emerald like red jewel it's a tale as old as time it, it is <laughs> yeah so it's pretty cool pretty cool to play as a, a bunch of bandits and bad guys essentially. yeah you know it's quite nice um so yeah it's a 2d platformer it's um it's got very kind of uh, maze-like levels in which you kind of there's various blocks to, to drill through mm-hmm. uh you hold the l and r buttons to drill in oppose in different directions so was it left, lefty, loosey, righty, tighty? Yes, indeed. That's the thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So your right, your right, <laughs> uh, your R trigger drills in one direction, and you know you reverse. I think they, you, they can both be used for drilling into stuff, but there are various mechanics that you can use, sort of use them opposingly, and various different things will will happen. So you can pull things in and out, you know. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, some interesting sort of mechanics in there. Would it be fair to describe the game? I kind of think of it as like a, a Metroidvania light. Yes, it's, I was. I had that in my notes. Yes. It yeah, is. it's not like a full-on heavy Metroidvania type game, but it is. Mm. There's you're going to be there's working elements. around. Yeah, you you got to find certain upgrades to get through new paths in the level yeah. and explore places. So it's it's got kind of Metroidvania elements to it. Yes, that's right. It's not. It's um. It's it's laid out in a traditional platformer sense. So I think there's there's six levels and two parts to the two stages in them. Yeah. So it's it's sequential like that, but each um each stage, uh yeah you have you've got to find your gears first of all in each stage. Um, so there's a second gear and a third gear hidden as you progress through the levels, and that will allow you to um increase the speed of your drill. Um, and there's a, the the system. I find it a little bit tricky to switch gears initially, but you kind of get it eventually. You kind of have to hold the the trigger, and there's an on-screen prompt with a bar that shows how 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 much power you're putting through. And once that bar reaches the top, it starts going back down again. But at the top, you release the trigger, press it again. You go into second gear, do it again for third gear. Yeah. And that will allow you to sort of drill quicker, drill drill uh, you know tougher things. Um, make use of objects that um, require you to <clears throat> stay stay drilling it for a certain amount of time. You know, there'll be a, like a moving like uh, platform thing that you have to stick your drill into, and you have to keep drilling for a certain amount of time for it to carry you over to over over the gap. Yeah. And then, for example, but you need the third gear in order to stay on it for long enough. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. So in, in that sense, there is there are Metroidvania elements where you'll see these things and you won't be able to use them until you've gone off somewhere to find the the upgrade. And you've got little, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, you've got little jelly blocks as well, haven't you? Where you, mm. you, you sort of drill into them and then you reverse the drill direction that will sort of bounce you, rebound you away. Yes. Um, but there's some, you know, sometimes you'll need the third gear level in order to get bounced far enough to reach far another enough, platform yes. kind of thing. Yes, so that's right, yeah. There's all, yeah, so there's all, all clever, kind of little things like that. There's some clever level design and gimmicks and things to use, yeah, yeah. Um, moving because it's a mech, you, I found it quite slow to move around at times. It wasn't a particularly agile kind of um, mechanics. Would you agree with that? Yeah, a little bit slow. A little bit uh, sluggish. Which makes sense. And I, I, I think, I think at first I found that a little bit frustrating. But you kind of get, you kind of get into it. I think you kind of get into the rhythm of it. Um, but I tell you what, these stages aren't half long, aren't they? Oh, they really are. Yeah, I these didn't... are some of the. 
the longest stages I've ever seen in a platformer. Definitely, I didn't complete this game. Um, no, I didn't. No. And I didn't get I didn't get hugely far into it. I got enough to sort of refresh my memory of it, and it's it's a game that I'm going to finish because uh, yeah. I really did enjoy it. But um, yeah, they are. You expect sort of portable handheld games to be kind of little pick up and play little nuggets of of gameplay, but this is yeah. you know it feels more like a console, like a home console thing than a handheld. It does. It does. I would say you can save it anywhere in the level. Mm. So you can just press the start menu, get the start menu up and save. And I think it saves at the beginning of that room. And there's the, the level's broken up to various rooms that you go into. So I think you can save pretty regularly yeah. and not you lose your progress. Yeah, but, you're not going to have to start from the beginning of the stage and stuff. You can but it's, it's kind of a psychological thing. You know, you want to do a full stage run. And yeah. it, it takes you know a good between a half an hour and an hour. I was going to say, yeah, some was, of them, you're looking at about felt, half felt hour, like yeah, probably towards 45 minutes, some something yeah. like that, yeah. Some of them are slightly longer than others, but yeah, they're all really, really much longer than you would expect them to be, yeah. Um, it's partly the speed of the mech and the way you move around and the fact that you have to sort of progress through these sort of puzzle-type things, but generally it's, 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 there's so much content in there, I think, mm. to get through. Um, and it's... Um, a lot of it, a lot of the level stuff, I didn't find too hard. No, it's just the sheer amount of stuff there is to, to get through is the is the is the main thing behind it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't die too many times, and it's quite. I think because as you drill through things, you get sort of money, and if you do lose all your health, you can just pay some a certain amount to get back in there. Yeah. Yeah, and you can you can buy upgrades for your for the yeah. dozer between levels and stuff as well. So yeah, you know, you the, get... the, there's things you can do to to make things easier on yourself as you advance. Yes, there's energy packs that you can buy to increase your health. And I, I bought a couple of those, and that that helped me quite a lot. To be honest, I didn't die too many times after that. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's the basic kind of mechanics of it. Um, I'm just trying to think what else. To cover. I um, thought it was quite a neat. I don't know. It's not really a gameplay mechanic because it's the same thing that you're doing through the rest of the stage. But I thought it was kind of uh, funny and neat the way that uh, some of the bosses you need to. They've got like a big screw, and you need mm. to use the drill to unravel that to you know unwind that screw to make the yeah. you know the the boss's mech fall apart. Um, yeah. And there's all kinds of, um, you know, it's not just a case of plowing into the boss and drilling into them. Um, like there's one boss that it's in two stages. Um, I think it's when you get the the yellow emerald, and it's in mm. two stages. You beat the first <coughs> stage. Um, you sort of drill the sort of the flashing weak point, but then it yep. blasts off into this sort of um, little jet engine thing that flies around, and it will sort of swoop down on you and you've got to drill into the little jet engine thing at the underneath the the boss and yes. it will sort of lift you up in the air and it's all it's all kind of little neat things on there rather than just going in and just drill the boss until it dies you know you mm. have to work out you know th from the way the game has taught you up to that point like drilling into the um the lifts that you mentioned that sort of carry you up and down and yep. using that to see certain things on the boss that you could use that same technique on to attack them i thought that was that was pretty cool rather because it would have been easy to just have a boss and you know um have an attack and then like a cool down period where you just go in and drill them and drill them and drill them the fact that you have to attack certain points like unscrew a screw or mm. you know attack them underneath and things like that i thought that was pretty pretty good fun it felt satisfying yes 
Yeah, there are multiple sort of phases to these bosses, and they, mm. they also go on for quite a long, a long time. <laughs> Some of them do, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially if you keep getting it wrong, like I did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's uh, there's some certainly challenging bosses. I think there's one at the end of each stage, so there's quite a lot. The, the structure of it is very similar to a, a Sonic game, actually. It is, actually, yeah. Zones, yeah. acts, boss at the end, that kind of thing. Very similar, you know, similar number of zones and acts, but just much, much longer. <laughs> much longer. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's um, yeah. What do you think of the music? Mixed bag. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah I mean, the Game Boy Advance is not the best. Does not have the best sound coming out of it. No, no, I, I mean, think that's fair to say on the whole. I, I not... like I like sound. Certain soundtracks on Game Boy Advance are really good, and some games work with it better than others. I think this is one that has some reasonably good tunes in them. Some of them are quite repetitive. Hmm. Um, as you play through the game, you'll find some that you like, some that you find a bit more annoying. Um, so yeah, mixed bag, but not all horrendous. Not a horrendous soundtrack. Oh, it's not bad by by any means, no. But um, no. it's not the most memorable one, I'd say. I don't think it's no. going to be, you know, I don't think it's going to be a, a contender for the best soundtrack in a mm. end of the year awards. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, sadly not. Um, yeah, yeah, the um, yeah. So uh, again, slightly because of the. I think if those some of those sounds were coming out of a different machine, yeah. they'd sound a bit less annoying. But I think some of the tunes are just not that great as well. Do you think there's enough in the game in terms of um, just sort of concepts and ideas to be expanded on? If there was a sequel, do you think it, there's enough there to, to work to build upon? Oh, I think they could easily make a sequel to this. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Um, you know, a sort of a modern version of, the, of this... Uh, you know, would be would really would be really nice. I think it's it, it, there is a one hit wonder in terms of things. In terms of it doesn't have any sequels, um, much like Timber the Badass Elephant yeah. so far. Um, but yeah, there's enough to work with that you could make a, a little franchise out of this. I think. Yeah. I think you could do a lot. I think. I mean, I didn't get through all the whole game. I think I got to the end of level the uh, area four. I think it's mm-hmm. six in total. Yeah. Um. And uh, you, you, but along the way, did you get the submarine? By the way, no. There's uh, level three, uh, stage two. You get um, a submarine part, and then you can go under the water, and you can use your drill to to sort of maneuver around the oh, water, cool. which was quite cumbersome um, because you have to get it right. There's these various currents and stuff, but it's it's um it, it was interesting. It, it kind of it varied up the gameplay quite significantly. Yeah. Similarly, at the end of area four. Um, you get a propeller attachment, so you mm. can do a similar thing with flying. So you can fly around the, the, the stage a little bit. Um, so there's plenty of variety there, and I think there's even more you could you could explore in a sequel. I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. There's not many games that really use drilling either. I don't think as a as a mechanic. <laughs> no, not really. There's Mister Driller. Oh yeah, it's Mister Driller. Yeah, that's more of a, a as a puzzle game. I'm yeah. Thinking. In terms of platforms, the only in terms other of platforming, I... not really. No, I, the the drill wisp in Sonic Colors is the only other thing I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Which was a, a cool mechanic, um, but I can't think of any game that's based on drilling as much as as much as this game. No. Platforming wise, so yeah, there's it's definitely an untapped area that they could easily explore more of if they wanted to but I don't think they will somehow I don't think they will it seems to be Pokemon all the way down for them at the moment but uh, yeah I, well I, you know it works for them you know makes money uh, yeah, they are working on something else though. they're working on an RPG at the moment I think some, it's yeah. not Pokemon oh cool yeah um, but yeah 
It's, um, it's a good, I'm not so much else to say about it, really. No. <laughs> like we haven't talked about it for very long, but... Well, um... I mean, you get that with some games. I mean, there's games that we've had before where it's more about playing them, I think. You, yeah. you can boil down the mechanics to them very, very shortly, but it's mm. it's a lot of it comes from the feel of playing it. I mean, if... We can say the drill dozer, you know, um, you've got the three levels of, of the gears and stuff and you you got to time it and things like that. Mm. Um, until you really play it, I think a lot of it is in the feeling and how satisfying it is when you sort of click into the third gear and really play through it, like a, a come through a wall and then play through a bunch of enemies and go through the other things. Yeah. Um, it's got that same kind of, of feeling. Um Kind of like in Mario when you slide down a hill and you bump into a load of enemies and you go boop, 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 boop. It's got that same, you know, you can describe that to someone and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, you slide down the hill. But it's when you you get a feeling from playing it. There's a certain satisfaction from doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's one of those games where it's more about the feel than the actual sort of mechanics of it. Yes. That third gear is when you're drilling into something and you've got sort of a row of of blocks or enemies and things and you once you hit that third gear and you finish drilling the one you're drilling you just go zip right through the rest of them don't you and it is very satisfying actually yeah yeah um we got some uh comments back on twitter uh when Mm. we were uh, we started canvassing opinions for uh what people thought of drill dozer uh universally the response has been um you know great people love it um Mm. we haven't had any sort of negative comments about drill dozer at all um at S. Finnerface, Sean Finneran, uh, says it's absolutely stellar, way underrated game from Game Freak, great use of Rumble, game looks and feels great, soundtrack is phenomenal, so he loved the soundtrack. Oh, okay, um, fair enough, fair enough. That's cool. Um, hit it, uh, there we go, hitting third gear is one of the best feelings you can get from any video game, period. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, that echoes what we're saying, really. It's, it's yeah. very much a, a game... Um, feeling um lethargic ramblings uh says let me get their their at uh at always lethargic uh says uh drill dozer I know, is I, dope i know the feeling uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh one of the best games on gba particularly if you have the rumble pack uh yes. so yeah uh, or if you have a, the physical game <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so universally, like I say, positive feedback. And if you yes. if you just search for Drill Dozer on Twitter, um, there's still people talking about it to this day, and oh, right. okay. still people uh, discussing it, saying good things about it. So you know, it's obviously a, a loved game. Mm. Um, it was a game I was I was aware of. You know, sort of getting into podcasts and hearing people talk about games that you know, aren't necessarily, went under the radar at the time, but are now sort of more kind of cult favourites. It's, it's a game you hear about in those sorts of circles, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it clearly had its, I mean, those guys sound like, um, you know, they've been fans for years of it. So, yeah, brilliant. Cool. Mm. So I think I think we're both in agreement. It, it's definitely worth uh, checking out. It's, it's one that mm. we'd, we, we both recommend. Um if you've got the money to buy the physical one, obviously that's always the way we'd recommend doing it. But um, I'd say buy it on the virtual console. But I don't know if the the Wii U virtual console is that been shut down now. Or is no, it I just think the, it's still going. Is that still I think going? It's still going. Yeah, for how much longer? I don't think very long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nintendo shut these down things down fairly quickly compared yeah, to they their. Don't, um, they don't hang about, do they? So their, their rivals, yeah. No, they don't. Um, pick up where you can. Pick up where you can, or just emulate it. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, um, before we get to our next uh, pick, I'm going to read something very nice that someone has sent us. We don't often get nice emails, so this makes it extra special. So uh, an email writes, I asked on Twitter for recommendations for retro-style gaming podcasts, and Ollie posted about the show, so I've listened to every episode over the last three days, and I just want to say it to let you guys know I love it. I'm gutted I'm going to have to wait a month for each new episode now, but I'm sure I'll manage. I'd like to suggest a book club game if I may. Uh, back in the first episode, Ollie mentions he's never played Metal Gear Solid, and I have to say, I very nearly stopped listening right then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> every episode, every, I'm glad you stayed with us. Every episode after that, I thought to myself, surely they'll do MGS this month, but alas, 14 episodes later, we are still a snake-free zone. I feel it is past time to rectify this travesty once and for all and have Metal Gear Solid as your book club game next month. Again, I love the podcast. Please keep up the good good work. Uh, Deadpool Rick. That's awesome. So, f- first of all, that's phenomenal. I mean, the, the fact that you've uh, you've listened <laughs> listened to every show in, in that, over three days is... That's, that's a feat of... of human endurance I thought never possible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have heard that though when people get into podcasts they just go nuts for them they just don't, like binge listen to them so the fact that someone's done that for us is, is such it's so humbling it's yeah it's, it's really cool it's really nice you know as, as i say we don't get many emails like this we don't get you know much people talk you know coming back to us and saying how much they like it and the fact that you've listened to them all in one go is, is brilliant so thank yeah, you so much we, we really really appreciate that um, as he said, I did, I did, I did reach out to him because he was looking for a new podcast. So I thought, oh, there's an opportunity there to go grab another listener. So I thought, you know, check yeah. out us if you've got some time. Luckily, he had some time, and he, yeah, he listened and he liked. What so, about um, his request? Yes, I was getting to that. Um, <laughs> yes, well, Rick, you're in luck because, um, yeah, you're on. Next month, we're doing Metal Gear Solid, the awesome. original on the PlayStation. Brilliant. Yeah, it is a game. As I responded to him, I, I said it is a game that I've been meaning to get around to, you know, at some point because it is something that literally everyone else seems to have played except me for one thing. <laughs> but also, I think it looks. It sounds when we were talking about it on our very first episode, it does sound really, really interesting. A series that I could easily get into. So, um, yeah, we're going to find out next month. We're going to play Metal Gear Solid. That's excellent. I'm, I'm glad you've chosen that one because there's a lot of games in the series to. Uh, to jump in with, but I think the first one is the really the best place to start. So um, the Seems first in the Metal Gear Solid, Solid series, I know that someone's going to say, oh, but there was Metal Gear on the MSX. But uh, in yeah. terms of Metal Gear Solid, which is where that was reasonable to say there's most people's first introduction to the series. So I think that's a really good good place to start. I, I'm really excited about this. I can't wait to hear what you what you think about. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. So um, yeah, if anyone, if there happens to be anyone else out there who hasn't played this game. Yeah, give us a listen next month, and we'll um, we'll give you the lowdown on it. This uh, <laughs> this brand new <laughs> game. This finger on the pulse. Out, yeah, that's, yeah finger that's the on kind a pulse. of latest yeah. word on the street news that you can get only from bottom up. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's what we're doing. Yeah. So yes, that's what we're playing next month. Thank you again, Rick. Yeah, we're glad to have you on board. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as the last ones. Um, yeah, thank you so much. My microphone's about to fall over. Hang on. Oh. Oh. Wait, oh. Oh, hang on. Oh, gold. There we go. I'm holding it. It's fine. Yeah. So so amazed by the, the this this out this lovely outpour that your mic just simply couldn't handle it. No. 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 It's gonna go. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hold it. There we go. So it's fine. Okay. All right. We're nearly done. We're nearly done. <clears throat> right.
So if you want to send a similar email to us, we'd love it. It's um, podumup at gmail.com. Yes. If you want to find us on Twitter, podumup. it's yeah, at podumup. Yep. Um, we're on the interwebs. We're at podumup.net. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on YouTube, all the other stuff. Um, get us on any podcast client you want. You know, send us something. Talk to us. We're here. Yeah. And listen to us next month. Yeah. Where we're talking about Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Anything else to add, Tibbs? Um, if you if you have the ability to astral project, uh, you could probably pop by and watch us play it live. Um, but I don't yes. know if many people can do that. Um, um, not as far as I'm aware. I don't know if it's could. even a thing. We might have to give out our addresses as well. Which no, no, because it's on the astral plane, isn't it? They just, you know, oh, okay. they just that... like focus in and go. They're there. I don't think I don't know if I'm on the astral plane. I don't. I need to get on that. Oh, you are. Am I? No. I don't remember signing that up to that. I don't remember agreeing I signed to you up. any terms and conditions on the astral plane. I signed you up. Uh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. So, <laughs> so can they pop in at any time when we're not just when we're not, you know, like when we're not playing games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you eating your dinner is one of the the top hot events on the astral plane at the moment. People well, love it. This is news to me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we, um, unless we've got any other business, shall we leave it there for, for this evening? Let's leave it there for this evening. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye.